station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, uh, movie Kaiser Soze, Melissa Kersher. Hello. And movie, we're going to say, Verbal Kent. Uh, I Jenny don't know Young. how to feel about that yet. You'll find Hi. out later. You'll okay. find out later. You'll find I'm, out I'm later. Kinda, I'm kind of weirded out by that, Tim. Yeah, I know, because you've seen the movie. Yes. But, but Jenna hasn't, so this doesn't make any sense. Now uh, I'm just weirded out that Melissa's weirded out. Yeah, well, She doesn't weird out very often. So, so, uh, you know. so the movie we are watching this week is uh, The Usual Suspects. Yay! Yay! Jenna, as always, you have not seen this film, so nope. please tell us what you know about The Usual Suspects. I don't remember. Um, I am fairly confident this is one of those movies that I may have seen bits and pieces of in passing, but I cannot associate anything to it for hmm. for the life of me. The only thing I can associate to it is uh, Casablanca. Yes, and they're talking very about good. rounding up the usual suspects. Very good. Very yeah. good. Something I learned from episode one. Yeah, wow. it's, it's like we've actually succeeded in teaching or something. <laughs> something. I. I um. I am very impressed. <laughs> I'm so, taking a curtsy now. There you go. Well done. Well done. Yes, indeed. Uh, that is a reference to Casablanca right mm -hmm. there in the title of the film. Uh, this movie was... Uh, it's uh, another Oscar-nominated film. Uh, mm -hmm. We have an Oscar-winning performance in this film by Kevin Spacey. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I've seen also, House of Cards. He's creepy. He um, he is creepy in House of Cards, yes. Uh, and in this movie, uh, there's also a, a really amazing cast. We'll probably talk more about about the, the, the cast of characters when we return from having watched the film. But uh, the I think I don't really want to talk about the concept we're exploring yet. We'll have to wait yeah. until after. But it was kind of inspired by Birdman, and we're going to explore this concept further tonight and uh, in our next uh, movie as well. So, yes. uh, and I'm being all you know, like misleading and spin and, <laughs> and, and and quiet, but uh, which is, which is you know very suitable for this movie. It really is. It really I, I'm is. I'm going to say alcoholics. Hmm. All right. Mm. Given given the themes that you have given me. You said, you said it explores something that Birdman explored and that something else. I'm going to go alcoholism. Okay. Sure. Okay. Uh, I'm happy to have you go that but. way. Uh, <laughs> not going to tell you anything more than that. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I, I, can, I, I will say this is a movie from 1995. Uh -huh. So mid-90s. Mid-90s. Um, so it was kind of in the wake of Pulp Fiction and in that kind of oh. indie film boom of, nice. of really sharp uh, fresh movies, so Yay! it was yeah. Oh. So yeah. I, I, so I believe that's general <clears throat> enough that I can that Yay! that is completely spoiler free. That gives uh. you a little bit of a grounding on what we're gonna see. So yeah, this is a movie that sort of takes. It's one of those movies that I mean I think the '90s was kind of an a, 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 an era where a lot of film buffs, buffs were were arising because you know the internet is is happening. There's more of an access to home video. You know this is where this is where uh, Quentin Tarantino comes from. He works in a video store. He walks all these. He watches all the movies in the video store. Uh, becomes a filmmaker because he just wants to be a part of this thing that he's fallen in love with. Uh, and Brian Singer, the director of this film, kind of has a similar background to that. I mean, he if you listen to him talk, he is also a big film nerd, and this is kind of an outpouring of his love for this genre of film. Right. And uh, so he he 
makes this film, which really is one of those, where the hell did this guy come from? Where the hell did this film come from? Yeah. Kind yeah. of moments. Yeah, he totally out of the blue. It's like, who's this Brian Singer guy? Yeah. And uh, it, it results in him having a lot of uh, influence on superhero movies in the coming decades. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think we're, you know, the problem is I can't really talk about this movie much without talking about this movie too much. Mm-hmm. So maybe what we ought to do is we ought to just watch the movie. I agree. And then, and then come Crazy back, back. And then we can talk about it a whole lot. Yes. Yay. And there won't be any problems. So uh, sit back, relax, uh, enjoy the snippet of music that I have decided is associated with this film in some way. And then uh, we'll be back having watched the film. And we are back. Boats have been destroyed. <laughs> Many people have been shot twice in the head. Lives have been shattered. Uh, uh, lives have been shattered. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of stuff going on. So, Jenna, what'd you think? Uh, I loved it immensely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm a huge fan of uh, like like I really enjoyed Pulp Fiction. A lot of the the misdirection and the 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 trying to figure out what's going on for for whatever and the the character interactions that you get in like Pulp Fiction. Just the way those carry over is fantastic. Um, but the uh, I knew the cripple did it. <laughs> even even uh, like at the very beginning when he was talking about uh you know the the problem is is that they got all five of us together or whatever when he was narrating that i was like oh mm-hmm. oh this is gonna go poorly and it's gonna be all his fault <laughs> <laughs> i was very excited <sighs> yes uh well and uh, the the central theme that we we were exploring uh, that we were exploring in in the wake of uh, birdman is the unreliable narrator i yeah. think the most fascinating thing about this movie is when you get to the end and realize that you have have absolutely no idea what parts of his story are true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly yeah. some things need to be true. Uh, there are some things that can be verified. You can verify that the lineup actually happened yeah. with those five guys, but you don't. You can probably and and you got some bodies at the end of it. You've got so. some bodies. You've got the 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 dudes that they killed in the car park that mm-hmm. probably they really killed. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. They probably did pull that job, um, but oh, other than that, you just you don't really know. Well, you know Kobayashi exists, or at least the guy exists. The guy his exists. Name is, yeah. His name's not Kobayashi, but yeah, yeah it's it, it's interesting to think back, and you know, it's like you've got the endpoints of the story, you know. It's what's in the middle that is completely in flux. Oh my god, like a Danish. Yeah. It's just full of, of <laughs> it, it's gooey. <laughs> <laughs> it's, this is a pastry of movies. Watch, it is wa- a pastry watching of it movies. again, I'm always amused when the cop, you know, is sitting in the in the room and he's like, "I'm smarter than you." I'm like, "No, you're not. No, you're not. You're, you're not. You're not even uh, in the same league, you dumbass." Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, yeah, but uh, also, you know, having watched the movie, you now understand why Melissa was confused when I referred one to you referred to her as Kaiser Soze and Jenna as, as verbal kin. Because so, really, they're the same person. You're the same, same person. person. It's two different sides oh, of the yeah. coin, I guess. <laughs> um, uh. So yeah, the unreliable narrator. This is somebody telling a story that is 
completely fabricated. Well, mm-hmm. or uh, fabricated enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, he fabricates enough to make it really impossible to to trace him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I think most of his story is true. Oh yeah, probably. I mean, that's probably what makes it a good story is that he had the main skeleton there, and he's just. You know, putting yeah. in red hair. I, I, I think enough. most yeah. of it was true, um, but he swapped out all of the names. <laughs> Every single name that he pulled off of that board, man. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. did, although, you know, like the, the fence, I could, since he makes up the fence's name to me, I feel like that's a point where uh, maybe that fence didn't really exist. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe Kent is like, he, he works the deal. Uh, and they never meet that guy at all. Yeah. I mean, it, it, because if they meet that guy, then maybe he'd have to end up dead, and then there's another body to trace. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's hard to say what is, you know, where he really stretches the truth and where he keeps it uh, pretty close to what actually happened. I'm guessing the shootout on the boat is pretty close to what actually happened. I mean, there are all those bodies and they they can do ballistics and all that other stuff so it's easier just to tell the story of what actually happened with the exception that he's sitting on the outside instead of mm-hmm. walking around the boat and killing off the killing off witnesses yeah, yeah. um so yeah, so he's in the so in the police office basically what he's doing is he's pulling off 1001 Arabian Nights you know he's like that woman who had to tell the story every night or else she'd be killed you know Sure. Yeah, so he's just biding time to get out of the office, and then biding time until he posts bail. Yeah, because you know, yeah, he has to keep him distracted. He doesn't want him to think mm-hmm. uh, about what other possibilities there are. Conveniently for him, he's got this cop who already has a story completely written, mm-hmm. and uh, he just has to provide enough information to. Uh, to keep them tagging along. Yeah. So this yeah. Uh, was nominated, only nominated for, was it was it nominated? Well, it won two Oscars. I'm looking to see. I think that it was only nominated for two Oscars. So it won yeah, two. It, it, it won, uh, Kevin Spacey won Best Actor. Best yes. supported, Best Actor in a Supporting Role, which it, yes. is kind of silly since. But it, it's kind of nice because it's non-spoilery. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Even though, it, if I remember correctly, when he stood up at the Academy Awards, I'd not yet seen the film, mm-hmm. and he stood up at the Academy Awards and he said, Kaiser Soze thanks you. I, 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 if I remember what it was, he said, whoever Kaiser Soze is, he's getting really drunk tonight. <laughs> yes. He mentioned Something Kaiser like that. Soze, yeah. Yeah, he did mention Kaiser Soze in his acceptance speech. It also won uh, Best Screenplay. Not a, not a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um Best original screenplay. Best original I say. screenplay. Not, not adapted. Yeah, uh, the the success story of the Usual Suspects is really a big story about uh, two people named named Brian Singer and Christopher McQuarrie. Um, so Brian Singer, the director, Christopher McQuarrie, who wrote the script. Actually, I believe they co-wrote the script together or something like that. But um, they were high school friends, uh, and um, they when they made the Usual Suspects, I think they were about like 26, 27, they were young guys. They had collaborated before on one other movie called Public Access, which came out in 1993. And when they were at Sundance with that movie, actor Kevin Spacey came up after it and started talking to Singer. And that's where they kind of hatched the idea of, let's collaborate on something. Nice. 
And so that's how the usual suspects kind of came together. So uh, um, Spacey was always going to be the driving point of this movie. Um, you know, like he was the only person in consideration for that role. Everybody else uh, kind of came together. Um, you know, they Gabriel Byrne was probably the biggest star at this point. Yeah, he's yeah. probably the big name. But everybody else, you know, Kevin Pollack was a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. Benicio del Toro hadn't hadn't become Benicio del Toro yet. Right, but um, he goes on to win an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor a few years later. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, fantastic actor. And uh, uh, you Pete Postlethwaite, who plays yeah. Kobayashi, he's he's he, been around for a long time by this point. A really well-known character actor. Oh, he's fantastic. He died just a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's this kind of assemblage of of kind of B-list talent that, you know, a well-regarded B-list talent. that A lesser-known Baldwin indie. brother. Yeah, lesser-known... Yeah, one of the <laughs> compound of Baldwins. Lots of Baldwins. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And it, it was kind of this lightning-in-a-bottle project where everything came together. And uh, after this hit big, uh, as both Singer and McQuarrie went through their careers, there was this kind of... Uh, assemblage of talent that followed them along to, you know, the X-Men movies and Superman Returns and uh, the, the string of comic book films through the late late 90s and the 2000s. Um, so, like, the, the composer kind of follows Brian Singer and the uh, cinematographer follows Brian Singer, you know, along to his <laughs> projects. And, you know, they... they they tend to kind of have a family of filmmakers that kind of go project by project. Um, let's see. Also, out of this this family of, of creators, you get stuff like Valkyrie, the uh, Tom Cruise movie about the uh, failed Hitler assassination. And uh, McQuarrie went on to do uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Which oh, was yeah. one of my. I've heard of that. Yeah. Which we which, need to watch. Which we need to watch, and there, there's a Blu-ray of it in my hand right here because I happen to be sitting here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it's it, this is a movie that launched a lot of careers. You know. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Spacey. Uh, was this a? This was before American Beauty. I. I oh we, yeah, it was like four years before American Beauty. American Beauty was 1999. Yeah. Uh, he was an established character actor at this point. I believe Wise Guy predates this. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's where, he, like, the act, other actors started yeah. noticing, and hey, this guy's pretty good. LA Confidential is after this is film. after this, yeah. Uh, but uh, he's also, uh, he the ref was oh, 1994. Right. The Usual Suspects is 1995. Yeah. He's in Glengarry Glen Ross, which is a movie we definitely should watch at some it's point. So and that right. predates it. But The Ref was actually, I think, the movie where a lot of people took notice of Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but, then, but, of course, this is where he became A-list because that's when he got the Oscar. That's when he got the Oscar. And then he wins another one later for uh, American Beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's doing lots of things, including, of course, uh, House of Cards <laughs> at, at the moment. So, um, mm-hmm. 
it really it really is kind of th- this I think this movie kind of makes a star out of Kevin Spacey it also makes a star out of Brian Singer he's going to yeah. go on to direct a couple of X-Men movies um, he's going to direct Superman Returns which is a mistake well um, <laughs> <laughs> With Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor, I, I, That's find, true, I, find, I find it hard to find fault in that. But, uh, yeah, it's Superman Returns didn't quite come together. But he did direct all the good uh, X-Men movies, which... Kevin yeah, Spacey, by the way, does a great Christopher Walken, if you ever want to oh, look uh, that up on Kev- the internet. Kevin Spacey is an astonishing impersonator. He is. He's they, amazing. There was a, he did a bit on Saturday Night Live. This is totally off track. He did, he did a bit on Saturday Night Live because they did a... Like a deleted or are missing audition tapes for Star Wars mm-hmm. and it's true that at some point Christopher Walken was actually considered for Han Solo and so Kevin Spacey does Christopher Walken yes. auditioning to be Han Solo oh my goodness. and I'm just serious Google search Kevin Spacey Christopher Walken Han Solo I'm pretty sure you will find that video and it's something to behold didn't he also do uh, Walter Matthau uh, playing uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. I think or he did. <laughs> um, actually, uh, another thing to look for. I think. Uh, uh, well, Jimmy Fallon on the Tonight Show is mm-hmm. do, does a lot of weird stuff, and with Kevin Spacey, he did something called Wheel of Impersonations. Yes. Oh and yeah. And so Kevin Spacey does has has to do a bunch of his impersonations, really good, and I think that's what makes him work so well in the in this movie. Um, is because he's playing a role. He's a character who's not even playing himself. Mm-hmm. And when you watch it later, you can you can even see a few of those moments. You know, you're like looking for stolen mm-hmm. glances between him and Kobayashi. Yeah. Yeah, knowing glances. And they're not there. But at the same time, you also see how Kobayashi really never talks to Verbal Kent. Yeah. He yeah. refers to Verbal well, Kent. There was there was a a, a moment uh, back uh, like up in the building when they threatened to shoot him, and and he looks at at, at um, Spacey and Spacey's got the purple glasses on and he's got to look back, and like it was such an incredibly subtle thing, but I was like ah ah, <laughs> <laughs> ah! they didn't fool you at all. No. Mm-hmm. It's because um, I know Kevin Spacey's evil. It's just what he does. Uh, well, and and also I, I kind of love the certainty in his face. It's like, no, I I I know that guy's dead. <laughs> it's like, no, I saw him die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he's passing it off as kind of this this certainty in the wake of of a tragedy, but you you can you can hear it in his voice coming underneath the character that he's playing. He's like, yeah, he, he's. Yeah. He's that dead. guy's dead. I, I promise. Seriously, <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, what was I? You know, and uh, so you know, you've got the unreliable narrator bit. This is also, you know, one of the more famous twist endings, we, uh, uh, predating you know Shyamalan doing his twist. Pre- it predates, yeah, the Sixth yeah. Sense. Um, yeah. Again, we're falling right in this period where uh, where a lot of filmmakers are starting to to come up and. And change the landscape of film a little bit. Mm-hmm. The '90s are kind of considered sort of a dead era, dead era for well, film in some ways. Well, the first half, because like yeah. the, the the late last couple of years in the 1980s and the early 90s were just a barren wasteland of American filmmaking, right? For the most part, and then 
uh, Reservoir Dogs. All of a sudden. All of a sudden, Tarantino emerges. And so you've got Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, kind of this one-two punch where suddenly everybody goes, oh, independent films can, can really rock the house. And then suddenly... And independent, they, independent yeah. films really start to become a big thing. Yeah, and so you get this huge uh, influx of not only independent films, but their genre themed. I mean, they're, they're crime films, you, you start getting sci-fi again, and you get... It's not independent films like the, you know, the the romance that happens in the 1940s, you know, something, you know, small yeah. and subtle. Anyway, it, this is really creative filmmakers suddenly started to hit. So these these 20-something, 30-something filmmakers all just erupted out. And of they this were era. selling tickets. And yeah. So, so the and you got you got Kevin Smith out of this era. You got yeah. um oh goodness, who else? It, it, my my brain's going to be blown. Night Shyamalan, yeah, who Shyamalan. comes out of the gate strong. Yeah, uh, and, and then, then kind of peters out. He, he, yeah, fast. Uh, Sam Mendes, who yeah. uh, makes American Beauty and goes on to produce uh, Frank Darabont, mm-hmm. um, who's I, I you know he's not making so much avant garde, but still uh, yeah. Um, there there's a lot of a lot of really remarkable stuff that 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 mid to late 90s period starts yeah you know 1999 i i always view as kind of one of those really gold standard years for film with things mm-hmm. like you know fight club is that year the matrix is that mm-hmm. year american beauty is that year yeah and uh you know it feels like the 90s are building up to that point yeah you know if you're a fan of genre films there are good genre films in the 90s but it's like all around 1999, a whole slew of really amazing genre films start yeah. start hitting. You know that 1999 uh, Fellowship of the Ring, Fellowship of the uh, Ring, that was 2001, it, it, it's I believe. In 2001, you're right. But 99 uh, was wasn't Phantom Menace that It year? was Phantom Menace, so that's you know yeah. like a, the exception <laughs> that proves the rule, I guess. <laughs> Um, well, it got made, which says something, I suppose. Oh, Three so. Kings. Three Kings. Uh, being John Malkovich. Doesn't being, be, being, being John so Malkovich. Spike Jones. Spike Jones came out of this emerges. era. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's... Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of all the early stuff I bought on DVD. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it really feels like The Usual Suspects is part of that that flagship. Oh, totally. Of films that, that signals, I think, so, sort of a renaissance of filmmaking after... A relatively, relatively dry period. Yeah. Uh, from the mid, yeah, from after the late eighties to early through early nineties. After the blatant commercialism of the eighties kind of fizzled out, <laughs> and then there was this dead zone, and then everything came back up again in its own yeah. way. Um, and like I say, it makes uh, it makes a star of Kevin Spacey. He's mm-hmm. still pretty much an A list star. Uh, Brian Singer has gotten consistent work. Yeah. Uh, not everything has been a hit, but he's done very well. Yeah, but um, by God, I've seen it all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always interested in what he does. I actually have a, uh, a fun little story about uh, Singer, because I was at the San Diego Comic-Con where he released the first look at the Superman film he was making. Yeah. So this was like a year before it actually came out, but, you know, he got a little bit of a taste of what the new Superman film would be like. So everybody, he was like the star of the hour. He just walked in and said, here's new Superman stuff. And everyone, so after this presentation, I walked down onto the, the sales floor at San Diego and I'm in the DC comics booth. I'm just looking at action figures. I'm just chatting with the folks working in the booth. 
And Brian Singer just walks into the booth like the gladiator, like, are you not entertained? You know, he's, he just kind of walks in, dick swinging, you know, and and he just waits for the crowd to come to him and he just gets mobbed. Like, just hundreds of people went, ah! and, you know, just mobbed Shit. him to get to, to chat with him and get autographs and all that. I'm just still sitting there with the DC people. They're with is suddenly flooded with people who don't give a crap about anything else in the booth. I'm going, how do you, how are you guys going to get them out of here? And, we're, and they're going, we don't know. We have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just kind of a, a fun thing. But Brian Singer has always struck me as one of these people who has had um, a very interesting sense of humor about himself and what he was doing. And um, um, like when Peter Jackson was making the Lord of the Rings and, and, uh, King Kong, you know, he'd do these very elaborate production diaries where, you know, every week he'd release, you know, a little aspect of filmmaking on, on the web and you can see like, oh, here's what the people who do set dressing do and they have like a little documentary and, you know, little sure. snippets from the set. There was one, he was finishing up, I think it was King Kong at the same time Superman Returns was being finished up in Australia. So one was being filmed in New Zealand, the other one filmed in Australia. And Brian Singer was doing the same thing. He was also doing production diaries for Superman Returns. And so one week, the two of them got together and basically traded movie sets. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't have much to add to that story yeah. since I wasn't there. But uh, it, it's... Um, and, I, and I, I suppose I should, you know, cap this with the unfortunate thing that apparently, you know, Brain Singer is in some, un unfortunately, in some legal hot water at, at the moment regarding, you know, uh, young, young men who, pro who are probably underaged, but uh, uh. that's very unfortunate if it's true. <sighs> Alleged legal blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That uh, so you know that that all came up at the same time as the latest bout of Woody Allen stuff. So, you know, huh. yeah, well, uh, which raises another question, which maybe we need to talk about when we watch a Roman Polanski film. Yeah, about uh, how you separate the artist from the art, right? And can you ever fully separate the artist from the art? And uh, I, I have. I have many things to say about that, but that's this is probably not the place. Well, and it's <laughs> interesting because yeah. Kevin Kevin Spacey uh, is regularly has rumors about the fact that he's gay and mm -hmm. closeted, which I I have to be honest, it seems odd to me in this day and age that any actor would need to remain closeted. Right. Um, so it, it's kind of kind of one of those bizarre rumors where I'm like, but but he has if. If these rumors are actually true, there's absolutely no reason for him to continue yeah. to hide that fact. Yeah. It would be easier for him to go, yeah, I am. And mm -hmm. thank goodness I don't have to lie about it anymore. Um, I mean, he goes to the Oscars with his mother, so I mean, you'd think... You'd think <laughs> you'd that, think. yeah. He's a, he's a confirmed bachelor, whatever that means. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. So are there any other... Uh, uh, well, I know that one thing about this movie that is notable, uh, and and again, signals kind of this twist in filmmaking. Uh, it's it's very very it was very very cheaply made. Yeah, it was six all, million dollars. All of the actors took uh, less than their going their normal rate mm -hmm. to do the film, yeah. uh, and uh, they really seemed more focused on on. The, well, clearly, they all felt they were making something kind of. 
extraordinary. Oh, and and all of the the main five guys, all of them thought they were Kaiser Soze. Brian Singer told them all that they were actually Kaiser Soze. <gasps> so it wasn't until Aww. they did the first screening of the film that they found out that it was Spacey who was <laughs> Kaiser Soze. Uh, Gabriel Byrne was apparently just pissed. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, God damn it. God, I, I be, was Kaiser Soze. I wanted to be Kaiser Soze. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and also, I, and, and to further that, the guy in the trench coat... Uh, that you see was, I believe, at one time shot with every one of the five guys. Yeah. In the trench coat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that, you know, as a as a viewer, you can't really. You can't really tell. Can't really tell which one of them it is because it changes. <laughs> um, I also yeah. have to make a note uh, for myself personally. It's really odd because in almost in every other film that I've seen Benicio del Toro in, I think of him as short, and yet he is extremely tall. Oh, he's he's a beanpole. He's a giant. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know why I've always thought of him as a short man. And then every time I watch, he has such a big head. Every time I watch the <laughs> usual suspects, I'm like, oh my god, he's a giant. <laughs> he has a big head compared to the rest of his body, which just makes him look more baby than what he yeah. should. I don't know. I don't and I, I think that's what it is. And I, yeah. I adore oh, his performance. I love his absolutely unintelligible performance. Which was Which not was, a script choice. That yeah. was a character choice. That was all him. That was all him. Not he just came in and decided he would be completely unintelligible and Brian Singer told the other actors to just react to him like they they have no idea what he's saying because they really don't. <laughs> nice. <laughs> there, there was a lot of ad-libbing on the film. Uh, you know, apparently the... Um, the lineup scene where they're all giggling it's because yeah apparently somebody kept farting and they just kept giggling and they couldn't keep a straight face so they used it or or the part where redfoot flicks the cigarette and hits baldwin in the eye that was a complete accident and (gasps) and baldwin's uh reaction is completely genuine to that because you know who who likes (laughs) being hitting the eye with a cigarette yeah um but yeah a bunch of stuff like that which i mean i think that's the sign of a good director and a good editor is that the the recognition of wow this is a great moment this is working better than what we thought we we had we were going to do let's keep this moment yeah um instead of going oh shit well we got to do it again so he can flick the cigarette in his stomach um Mm -hmm. they're like oh no that's better. Yeah. Let's yeah. keep that take. Um, so, uh, final thoughts. Uh, Melissa. Oh, goodness. Am I am I tapped out of trivia? Did I, I accidentally... Are you, did have I? You, have you covered... Oh, 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 oh I've got it. The, um, the quote about uh, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing oh, yeah. the world he didn't exist, which is a very famous line from this movie, is a quote from Baudelaire. So it's not actually from this movie. It's oh, Baudelaire. Boo. Oh, oh Sorry. Punch for winning, a, winning an original screenplay Oscar. <laughs> Not so original anymore, are you fuckers? <laughs> All right, Jenna, I'm, final thoughts. This is my favorite buddy road trip movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. It is kind of a buddy road trip. Right? I'll, I kind of want to see the next two hours, you know, of, the, of Kaiser Soze and not Kobayashi <laughs> driving across the country. Driving across country because yeah. they're there and he's going to disappear. Oh, wait. Like, Maybe they turn. 
suddenly this goes uh, 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 fear and loathing in Las Vegas in my head. You know? <laughs> suddenly uh, Fenster comes back to life and he's suddenly a Samoan. I, I love <laughs> the idea, you know, that he tells them exactly what's going to happen. He's like, you're never yeah. going to hear from him again, and you, you know, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like he gets into that car with Kobayashi or whoever that is, <laughs> and he's going to disappear because he has just piles and piles of money, and he has it all planned out, and you will never hear from Kaiser Soze again. And we all know Kobayashi is a reference to Kobayashi Maru, right? Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. Because <laughs> Singer's a huge Trek nerd. He, yeah, there are some nerdy references <laughs> yeah. in the film. So, uh, yeah, my final thought is just to say unreliable narrator. That's our theme, and we are going to continue it <laughs> yes. for at least, at least one more film, because yes. our next film is Rashomon, which is quite possible the seminal uh, unreliable, uh, unreliable narrator. narrator film. Uh, and yeah. I, that is not a spoiler. I'm going to say <laughs> it that. It is not. It is not a spoiler in any way, shape, or form. But uh, it should be a lot of fun. So join us for that next time. Thanks, as always, for listening. Uh, please feel free to tell your friends if you enjoy our podcast. You can even rate us on iTunes or crazy shit like that. Whatever you want to do. What? You know, do It's a free country. Go for it. <laughs> so thanks for joining us, uh, and we will catch you next time. Bye. 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 We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Dee, dee.